Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Good morning and welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I am Michael Stelzner, founder of Social Media Examiner, joined today by Kimberly Reynolds, part of our marketing department. Eric Fisher is in the control room. Jeff C. is handling simulcast. Grace Duffy is our show producer. And this is the show. Yes, the show for marketers who are like, what what just happened this week? If you want to stay on the leading edge of what happened, there is no better show on the planet. We cover the news that broke just in the last few days. We bring the experts on a moment's notice. They rearrange their schedules for us. And um, it's really the place where you can literally find out just now, today, what's happening. And this is the fastest changing industry on the planet. And by the way, no better place beyond this live show to physically go than to San Diego to hobnob with top experts and your peers all about what's going on in the world of social media by visiting Social Media Marketing World 2018, which is the official sponsor, the solo sponsor, the only sponsor of this show. Check it out, SMMW18, SMMW18. All right, on today's show, we're going to explore LinkedIn's audience network. And this is kind of a big deal, folks. Vivica Von Rosen will be joining us. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about Facebook instant article and WordPress updates that also have an impact on Google. Leslie Samuel will be joining us. In the third segment, we're going to show you Facebook stories on the desktop. I have it. And we got tons of other breaking news. A couple of little uh, show um, uh, news items. And one of the first things I want to let you know is that uh, get us on your calendar, socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. That way you can get it on your calendar every single week and never, ever miss an episode of this show. Also, if you're watching live or you're watching the replay, we would love it if you would share this show. Lastly, this show is also simulcast as a podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and it's currently in the top um, 50 or so in the marketing category. So, With that, I want to officially introduce our first segment, which is on the LinkedIn Audience Network. And I'm super excited to be joined today by Vivica Von Rosen, who is with Van Gresso, as you can clearly see here on the (laughs) screen. As you can see. So, um, Vivica, thank you for joining us. And by the way, if you don't know who Vivica is, she is the leading expert in the world on LinkedIn. Now, Vivica, uh, this week, LinkedIn announced something that at first glance, might not seem like big news, but right. I think it's a bigger deal than what it is. So why don't you tell us what the heck is this LinkedIn audience network? Yeah, it's really exciting um, for a couple reasons. And and we'll get to the Microsoft piece in just a moment. But at first I was reading through it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be part of the 25K club. I'm not going to be able to use it as like a do-it-yourself small ad user. But in fact, this actually allows anyone who uses LinkedIn ads, starting with sponsored content, to share that content beyond LinkedIn. 
So to share it to media properties that, of course, Microsoft owns. But the big deal is that it's actually going to be sharing your sponsored content to the inboxes, the Outlook inboxes um, of, of Outlook users. Like that is huge um, for those of us who, who use sponsored content on LinkedIn. And so I'm, I'm just really excited because back in 2015, LinkedIn had a version of this, but you had to be part of the 25K club. You had to spend at least $25,000 a quarter to get access to it. Now everyone has access and it's super easy. It's like one click. I went in just to try it out yesterday. Um, I threw an ad up on my on my company page, sponsored it, so sponsored updates. And then you just literally click on where you want your ad or if you want the uh, the audience, the, the the bigger, the expanded audience, and you have the opportunity of saying, but I don't want to be on this magazine or I don't want to be on this blog post. So you can control that because I know when Facebook and Google did this, it was like, oh, you know, they, they were getting on porn yeah, sites. And, and, um, you know. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so Vivica, let me give people a little context yeah. if they don't understand. Yeah, give them some context. Let's, let me give you some context on what an audience network is. Okay. Facebook yeah. has an audience network and Google does as well. Okay. Okay, so for those of you that ever have ever done uh, AdSense on Google, you'll kind of understand the concept. The concept with Google AdSense is there's this network of publishers and bloggers that put these ad units up on their website, and then you, your ads now are showing on other people's sites, not just in search. Same thing with the Facebook Audience Network. So in the case of the Facebook Audience Network, um, it's it's it, which a lot of people don't even know that that exists. You can get your right. ads out on yeah. on the Audience Network, and yeah. and now. LinkedIn also has an audience network. Now, some of the language that they're saying is they're calling it a native advertising network, and they're talking about placing your sponsored content on high-quality third-party publishers across mobile and desktop. So, Vivica, first question I want to ask is what do they mean when they say sponsored content? Because for a lot of us marketers, is that different than an ad? What does that mean exactly? Yes, the sponsored content, and apparently it's going to spread out to all forms of of ads on LinkedIn, but sponsored content is similar to a a sponsored update on Facebook or a sponsored tweet, right? So it's having a piece of content that you have usually in your company page, you click on the sponsor. And so that content, that piece of content, that article, that update, that post, that tweet will get shared out. So that's, it's right now, it's just the sponsored updates. It's, it's not doing text ads or any, or emails or anything like that. So if we're advertising a product, this is not going to necessarily work for us. It's really meant for like articles, blog posts. Can, do you know if a LinkedIn... Uh, what do they call the the articles on LinkedIn, published posts or whatever? Can those things also be put through this network, do you think? Not yet. I'm really hoping they do that. That's that's where I'm hoping this is going. Now, of course, you can put the link to your long-form post, your, your uh, publisher article as an update in your company page and then share that um, as an update. But yeah, right now, the sponsored, uh, the content, the articles, the publisher articles are not um, part of this this offer. But uh, um, yep. so you link- know, they're, they're saying it's just starting out. So it's it's very possible. So here's what, uh, here's, here's what some of the data that I have says. Uh, there's yep. been 6,000 advertisers already that have participated yep. in the network beta program. And they've seen yep. a uh, 3 to 13% increase in their impressions. Yep. And an eighty percent increase in their unique their their clicks on average. Yeah. Um, what else can you tell us about this? Uh, go ahead. 
Yes, sure. So um, I know I, I noticed there's a question like, ah, this isn't going to, it doesn't mean that everyone who, who posts content, I'm going to get that as an email, does it? No. Um, right now, you're probably getting if you haven't turned it off, uh, digests from LinkedIn with some of the content that was shared, you know, today. So all it means is that now you're going to get an email from LinkedIn with a digest of sponsored content if you happen to fall into the audience of someone who sponsored that content. So for example, I just um, sponsored a post. I'm, I'm speaking at uh, an event in Portland, Maine. And so I just targeted that post to people, marketers and salespeople in Portland, Maine. So theoretically, if those marketers and salespeople in Portland, Maine are on Outlook, they will get an email from LinkedIn with my post as well as anyone else who might have been targeting those individuals. Right now, there's not much competition because not many people know about it. So it's an awesome opportunity for those of you who've been thinking about um, marketing or uh, doing ads on LinkedIn to to get out there and, and start doing this because you're going to hit an audience that that maybe no one else has you know been able to hit before so it's pretty exciting in that way here's what i I did a little research vivica for this segment and there are 400 million people using outlook right now now most people don't think if you're a small person like a solopreneur you're not using outlook you're probably using gmail but outlook outlook is a microsoft product microsoft dominates corporate enterprise so um and they're saying that that you know, for Outlook.com users, they're going to see this coming into their inbox as sponsored yeah. content from LinkedIn. So first of yeah. all, Microsoft owns um, LinkedIn now. LinkedIn. This yeah. is not yeah. going to go in a promotions tab, okay? This is great. Right. From a marketer's <laughs> perspective, this is going to go directly into the inbox. This is marketing heaven from a user's perspective, ah, you know, but, you know, from a marketing opportunity, if you want to be in front of corporate America, like this is a big deal. Now understand it's just sponsored content as Vivica said. So this is not advertising per se. It's more like uh, they're referring to it as native advertising, right? So it looks like it's content that's of value. Yes. Um, So make sure your content is of value if you're sharing it. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, I've also on TechCrunch, they said that they're yeah. going to be using LinkedIn demographic data. So can you kind of hypothesize how the LinkedIn demographic data could somehow be used with, you know, this network and Outlook? Because I don't understand exactly. They know they have a lot about uh, information about us, right? Yeah, it's a little bit scary, right? Um, so my assumption is that if you are an Outlook user and you are a LinkedIn user, that that Microsoft will be able to sort through that content. So yes, in fact, when you are sponsoring an update and using the LinkedIn audience, um, you're going to get much more specific and much more relevant, um, a much more specific and relevant audience. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the like the Outlook sign in with LinkedIn. I mean, that's just going to tie it right together, right? So it's it's really powerful. And and as you said, like a lot of us use Gmail, but corporate enterprise B two B, they're very very active. So if that's your audience, you might look at it. And just so you guys know, um, it was a, it was nineteen thousand people in my targeted list for my for my ad uh, for my sponsored content. Um, it cost me eleven dollars, and it was seen so far. It's I, I did a two day trial. It's been seen by eight hundred people, and it's had four click throughs. So that is pretty 
pretty specific. Um, and, and I think maybe, you know, there might not be a lot of Outlook users, so that might be the best it is. But $11, that's not a whole lot of money. I know there's a lot of misconception about LinkedIn being super expensive as far as ads, but yeah, well, that's and not let me, bad let me tell you some, let me tell you some stuff that I know about yeah. Outlook. They have the most difficult spam filters <laughs> on the planet, okay? Because yeah. I track this stuff <laughs> on a regular basis. Yeah. So if you have been struggling to get a message yeah. into Outlook people, and you happen to have corporate people, which we do as your customers, mm-hmm. because they attend social media marketing world. Exactly. I can assure you that this is something you're going to be very interested in. Like hypothetically, if you're in the business of doing an event for marketers, mm-hmm. let's just say, um, and you could target that audience um, with a content piece that says like, uh, here's, here's the uh, best marketing conferences on the planet. That would probably be a very smart use of your marketing dollars. Um, and it sounds like it's far more economical than the LinkedIn kind of advertising because the inbox is a big yeah. deal. And it's not just the inbox. It's going to, yeah. if it's the audience network, I'm starting to think about remarketing too. I would imagine this is going to be coming as well, right? Yeah, that's that's what I would assume. They just brought in um, uh, about what a month ago. They just brought in um, so you can add the pixel now to your mm-hmm. to your link to your. Yeah, you can add the pixel to your website, which will track LinkedIn. Um, activity from people coming from LinkedIn to your website. So they've already got that in place. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the two to get married. Um, and and that's just going to be an amazing uh, amount of information for us as marketers to be able to use to target and focus. And, you know, social media marketing world's perfect example, the social media examiner company page, you've always got phenomenal, helpful information. You're not actually going to share the come join us at social media marketing world article. You're going to share the article, you know, 50 tips from 50 of our speakers or, you know, that's the helpful, useful, because that's what people are going to open. They already know about social media marketing world. You guys are so good at retargeting, but, (laughs) but if they open that, then that will drive them to social media marketing world. So it, it's, it's hugely exciting and, and again, extremely affordable right now. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is they're also working through the Google Ad Exchange. So this means mm-hmm. that – because some of you are probably thinking to yourself, well, I don't have LinkedIn. Uh, I don't know what websites they've even put the LinkedIn publishing whatever on their site. So yeah. they're going to work through Mopub, share through, and yep. Google Ad Exchange and Rubicon. And I think what this means is that um, their ads will now be available – potentially anywhere a Google ad is available. And what I yeah. think is even more exciting is they're going to work with apps like they're working with MyFitnessPal. So, yeah. so that cool? you, you think about the app ecosystems now, like um, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's about time, I guess, is my response. So like, yeah. is this the beginning of the Microsoft acquisition stuff starting to come to fruition? Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. This, the addition of video. I mean, LinkedIn just has so many more resources now just not not just monetarily but platform wise storage wise you know database wise that they can start to introduce these things and i had a bit of a sour taste in my mouth when they came out with a new user interface back in you know november to february um because they they took away a lot of our our toys um but they're they're giving us new toys that are really really powerful and so yeah i i'm actually seeing this acquisition as a very good thing because we do have that immense amount of data and experience and uh, you know and and content and money um from microsoft to be able to support linkedin and make it an even better platform for us this is rolling out uh, globally to all yeah. English-speaking countries in the beginning. Yeah. So um, I don't 
you said it's available. I mean, you, you. It's available. I used it yesterday. Yeah. How do we How do we find it, Vivica? It's actually in your campaign manager. So when you go to sponsor your content, as you normally would, um, as you go through your audience, so it's going to be your usual choosing your audience by location, title, company, etc., and then you're going to have the option of adding the LinkedIn audience, which doesn't add it. it I, I tried it both ways. It didn't seem to add much more a, as far as cost. Mm. So why wouldn't you click on that, right? Um, and and then you just go through, and after you've chosen that, you choose how much you want to spend, and and <laughs> and you know pray for positive results. But um, yeah, it's, and, it's pretty and as powerful. you mentioned earlier, you can exclude different kinds of categories of content, which you can yeah. do on most of the other networks as well. Um, exactly. Do you know whether or not you can say, I don't want to bid on mobile or I want to bid on mobile? Did it have any of that kind of stuff? It didn't say whether you could or couldn't, but what I noticed was it, it was very much focused on mobile. So just know that, you know, I think it's going to show up on the Outlook mobile before it shows up, say, in your inbox on your browser, because they're very, very focused on mobile right now. And a lot of the, the content that I read was kind of talking about and focused on the mobile experience. So I don't know that you can opt out of mobile um, or why you'd want to. <laughs> all right, Vivica, thank you yeah. so much. Tell everybody where they can discover more about you and all the awesome stuff you've got going on. Sure. So, hey, you can find me at vengresso.com. Uh, if you ever have any questions, please feel free to email me at vivica at vengresso.com. I'm at LinkedIn expert on Twitter, on Instagram. Not that I'm ever on Instagram. Don't tell Sue. Um, <laughs> and I'm Vivica Von Rosen on Facebook. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have about LinkedIn and social selling. Awesome. Thank you so much, Vivica. Thank you. We'll talk to you Bye. soon. All right, folks, I'm going to be bringing uh, Leslie Samuel on here in just a few seconds. But before I do, I just want to let everybody know uh, that Social Media Marketing World is the place where you can come and you can learn from people like Vivica and people like Leslie and and lots of other amazing people. Uh, we've got an incredible lineup. So if you are struggling to take your social media marketing to the next level, please do consider joining uh, us at Social Media Marketing World. You can find out more by visiting smmw18.com. I'm sorry, yeah, smmw18.com. And Leslie, I have invited you on the screen here. I think that's me. Perfect. Welcome to the show, Leslie. So folks, uh, welcome. Say welcome to Leslie Samuel, who is one of the top experts on blogging in the world. Leslie, welcome to the show. Talk to us about um, Facebook updated their instant articles plugin for WordPress. Um, before we get into what it all means, let's back up for a second and just give people a quick why they should even consider instant articles. All right. So instant articles is Facebook, uh, Facebook's attempt of speeding up the mobile web. You, you open up your app, the Facebook app, and you see a link because someone posted this awesome article. You click, you tap on it on your phone and you wait and you wait and you wait and eventually, hopefully something happens. Facebook is annoyed by this fact, so they want to speed it up. How do they speed it up? Their version of an attempt of speeding it up is called instant articles. And what you basically see when you see an article that's posted on Facebook in the mobile app and you see this little lightning bolt, that means it's an instant article. And you tap on that thing and it opens up just about instantly. That is what instant articles 
is all about. So if you are trying to reach people on Facebook and you really want to make sure that you are optimized for mobile, one of the ways that you can do that is by using instant articles. Okay. And because we're going to bring Google AMP into the equation here, why don't you explain what that is as well? Google AMP is Google's alternative. It's actually more of a collaborative effort. It's an open source project. Google and a bunch of other companies, including LinkedIn, has collaborated on this project. But it's their version of speeding up the mobile web. The results relatively similar. The difference is where you're going to find it. So if you if you do a search in Google, for example, and you see uh, uh, one of the results and it has a little lightning bolt uh on there that tells you that that's an AMP version. And when you tap that on your phone, it opens up relatively quickly as well. Okay. So for anybody who has a blog, um, this is the, this news announcement is for you. So go ahead and tell us what is the update specifically? What has Facebook come out with here? All right. So the update is a relatively simple update. If you are using a WordPress-based site, a self-hosted WordPress-based site, or you are a WordPress.com enterprise customer, uh, you, you use the word, the, 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 the instant articles plugin in order to connect your WordPress site to the Facebook, to Facebook. All right. So there are a number of steps that you go through. You sign up for instant articles, but then you have to submit your site and submit your content. The instant articles plugin prepares your site and does all of the stuff on the coding end that you don't want to do technically to make it easy for you to connect it to Facebook. So what they're announcing now is that they've updated the the WordPress plugin to make the process of submitting it to Facebook a little easier. Uh, you can go into the plugin settings and adjust a number of things like uh, the, the, the style that you're going to be using. You can add some copyright information and a, a number of other things. You can add in the analytics code. You can um, do a number of things in the settings so that you can submit it to Facebook in a relatively easy way. Because here's, here's, here's the situation. When they first rolled out instant articles, a number of us were looking at it like, man, this looks interesting, but it's so complicated to get it all working. You have to go through a bunch of steps. You have to submit 50 articles and make sure everything is approved and go through the code and so on. They're trying to make it easier. So this is one of the steps to make it easier um, in terms of the submission process. But another part of the update is that it, it makes it easier to integrate with AMP. Which to me, I, I find that to be interesting because initially I thought, okay, Facebook is doing their own thing. Google are doing their own thing. And they, they really just want to dominate this mobile space as much as they can forget everybody else. But it seems as if they're trying to have some kind of an integration where, hey, if you set it up using the instant articles plugin, it can, you can also use that for AMP, which I think is very interesting. So what I hear you saying is that this new plugin from Facebook, by the way, what's the, what's the name of it if anybody wants to search for the plugin? Yeah, it's, it's simply called Instant Articles. If you do a search for Facebook Instant Articles in the WordPress repository, you'll find it. So this new plugin essentially will allow you to do Google and Facebook in one swipe is what I hear you saying. Is that correct? Exactly. But the, the AMP, the Google aspect, is still experimental. Like if you go into the settings, it's going to have in parentheses experimental. So they're toying with it. They're trying to adjust it to make sure it works well. They also mentioned that they want it, they want it to be, they want there to be uh, visual 
parity between the two so that if you're seeing it on instant articles or you're seeing it on AMP, it, it has a similar look and feel. So I, I think it's just interesting to see how they are trying to merge the two technologies and make them work so that we can speed up this mobile web experience. Uh, a couple questions from uh, some of the people that are watching. Uh, do you still have to submit 50 articles for the first time? And once you're approved, do you need to submit or is it automated after that? Fortunately, it's no longer 50, it's five. So you still have to go in and do some adjusting and make sure um, the articles look the way that you want them to look and make sure that it meets all of their requirements. Um, But once you have those five submitted, that's it. You no longer have to submit any in the future. Now, from then on, you can choose whether you want it to just automatically be an instant article or whether you want to manually approve it uh, before it appears as an instant article in the Facebook app. Now, it's my understanding that if you choose to use instant articles, there is a monetization profit sharing kind of thing, right? With Facebook. Why don't you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So Facebook also has their own version of of obviously advertising is a big thing on there and they have their audience network. Um, And you can monetize your instant articles by just turning on audience network if you'd like. And basically, if you've seen an instant article in the Facebook app, you've probably seen ads, whether it's a video ad or an image or some just some uh, information, um, you can automatically tap into their their audience network uh, to, to uh, dynamically generate ads and have them automatically inserted into your instant articles. Have you tried that? I have. I have not. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of having third party ads on my site. I right. All of my ads are things that I intentionally promote. But I know that a lot of publishers are doing that. And from from some of the, the early data that I've seen, um, people are relatively satisfied with um, how well that's performing. What's the downside to publishing on Google AMP and Facebook instant articles? Because I think a lot of people are going to rush out and do it, but may not be thinking about the whole thing. Yeah. So there, there are a few things, right? One of the major drawbacks, um, I'll talk about the now and then the p- potential future drawbacks. Okay. So one of the major things is that it, it, it messes with the design and layout of your site. There are some features that are available on your site. You know, if you go to the social media examiner site, you see a sidebar with all kinds of specific ads that you guys have there promoting social media marketing world and promoting the different aspects of what you do. Well, on instant articles and on AMP, it's just a very streamlined page with just the content. They it's are like an RSS feed almost, right? Pretty much. Uh, a pretty looking RSS feed. All right. So if you have other things that you promote on different parts of your site and you have your site structured in a specific way um, for specific reasons, you're going to lose some of that flexibility. Not everything crosses over which makes perfect sense because what they're trying to do is speed up the web. So if you have extra code that's doing fancy stuff and all that, all those additional things, that's all gone. So if your business is heavily dependent on those kinds of things for, you know, getting exposure to your events or your products or your service, you're going to have to start thinking about different ways to do it, mostly within the content rather than in the sidebar and other aspects of your site. So that's like, Dealing with the now, these are some of the issues to consider for now. Now, in terms of the long term, you know, I, I can imagine a day where everybody, everybody rushes to get their stuff on instant articles because they feel as if this is going to be very beneficial. But then you, you are basically housing your content within the Facebook app. They're not actually leaving Facebook to get to your content. The Hotel now, California that- song is coming to mind. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and the question is, what will that look like in the future? How will the algorithm change in the future? We right. don't know. Um, so while while it sounds good, and you know, with instant articles, there are all kinds of fancy features and slideshows and, uh, and and animations and stuff that you can do within instant articles that look really nice. But what does it mean for the future? It's a wait and see kind of thing. Awesome. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for coming on today's show and, and, and kind of opening our eyes to the possibilities with this new plugin. Why don't you tell everybody where they can discover more about you and all the great stuff you've got going on? Yeah, definitely. My my main home base is becomeablogger.com. So you can check me out there for all of my content. And I've been doing a lot on YouTube. So just go to Leslie Samuel TV on YouTube and check out some awesome videos on how to grow your influence online so that you can have an impact on the world. So when you said Leslie Samuel TV, is it youtube.com slash Leslie Samuel TV? Exactly. Awesome. Leslie Samuel, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. Uh, if you are a blogger, we're going to have tons of content at Social Media Marketing World. As a matter of fact, we have an entirely sub-conference called the Creator Ticket, which is substantially discounted. So check it out at smmw18.com. Again, smmw18.com. And yes, Leslie Samuel will be one of our instructors. All right. Uh, if you love the show, spread the word. We're now going to move into the third segment, Facebook Instagram stories on the desktop. Uh, if anybody who's watching the live show actually has this, type in me in the comment section or I have um, the live uh, uh, Instagram stories on the desktop. Uh, quite a few people actually do not. So um, a couple of quick things. Facebook has begun rolling out this new look and feel, which we're showing here on the screen, which is these circular avatars. And uh, they, they've been rolling it out on the mobile and the desktop. We've been talking about it over the last couple of shows. But I started noticing that there was this little box in the upper right-hand corner that said stories, and it showed five stories with a little arrow that moved to the right. And I just assumed everybody who had this new look and feel actually had it on the desktop. When you actually click in on one of those stories, it looks exactly like what we see here on the screen, which is just a... Um, the screen turns dark and the Instagram story vertical video just pops up on the screen and the interface is very similar to what you can do on your mobile app. So you will see the story. You can, you can uh, go to the next versions of the story if you want to. I'm pretty sure you can go backwards. But one of the things you cannot do is you cannot, uh, with the comments, you just have a very basic comment. You cannot send uh, uh, emoticons or whatever they call those things. Um, what do they call those things, Kim, when you – Emoji. You cannot send an emoji um, at all like you could easily on the desktop, on the mobile. On the mobile, you can just simply one-click send an emoji, but they do not have that yet built into this. Instead, it's just kind of you leave a comment that shows up as a message and it's completely handled within the desktop. Now, some of you are um, thinking, oh, man, do we really need this? And others of you are thinking, this is cool. Uh, from a marketer's perspective, I'm going to tell you this is good. And the reason this is good is because it gives you, if you are creating stories, um, it gives you exposure every time someone logs into Facebook uh, on the desktop. And there's plenty of people that are on laptops that are using Facebook all the time or sitting at a computer and log into Facebook. So the most recent story is, is always at the top and it's the most recent five stories. Um, so 
on, an, on the other side of it, it's also positive because people on the desktop can now consume your stories. And in the past, they had to only consume it on mobile. Therefore, the consumer who's at the desktop could potentially act on your story in a way that they might not be able to when they're on mobile. Because when they're on mobile, they might be on the go, just barely having any time to do it. But when they're sitting at a desk or on a couch leisurely going through Facebook, they might have time to act on that in a different kind of a way. So I could see how this could be a valuable way for you to try to incentivize action, even though there is no clicks on the screen. In addition, um, many of you may be aware that there are um, uh, event filters which are becoming available. Um, and these event filters will be able to be used inside of stories. And these stories will now be consumable at the desktop level. So I just think this is kind of a, a good deal because even though it's true, most people might ignore it. I just think it's another opportunity for those of us that create stories to get exposure for those stories. Now, currently stories are only available at the, um, personal account level, but when they become available at the page level, then I think this could be pretty exciting. What do you think about this, Kim? I like it. I like the chance for additional exposure. And I especially like what you're going to talk about next because then it all ties in together. Um, so this is something that was found in the wild by um, Matt Navarra, um, over at, uh, I think it's The Verge, I'm not sure. Um, the Next Web. The Next Web. And mm -hmm. this is kind of exciting. This is a screen share. Of course, it's in a foreign language. I don't know if this is Portuguese or Spanish or what the heck, like Italian, I'm not sure. But um, this is a screenshot, a limited screenshot of someone's Instagram account. And as they were about to publish their story, they were given the option to publish it to Facebook. Yes, that's correct. Instagram story to Facebook. Now, um, if we go to the next picture here, um, when you are watching the story on Facebook, whether it's on desktop or mobile, you can tell if it came from Instagram because right underneath it, it says Instagram and the timestamp. So let's start thinking about what this means. This is the kind of the first time well, let me rephrase. Uh, Instagram has always had a link to Facebook, right? You could always publish your stuff on Facebook, um, but never with stories. So a lot of people are getting excited right now. I'm watching all the wows and love it in comments because when you have the option to create a story on your Instagram account and with one click of a button, have it go to your story on Facebook. And when you start to think about how Facebook is now moving towards desktop and mobile, you begin to see with one click of a button, this is kind of done, said and done, right? Now, how cool would it be if they had Snapchat integration? <laughs> I doubt that'll ever happen. What, what were you going to say there, Kim? Well, story ads. It can show up on desktop now. Yeah. And you just bring up a very good point here. Uh, Facebook's running out of available ad inventory. So this is a new way for them to begin um, getting people perhaps to watch stories more on Facebook as more people publish stories to Facebook with one click from Instagram to Facebook. And I believe the Instagram side of things has a lot more features and functions on the stories and Facebook stories currently does because this all innovated on the Instagram side of things. Now, 
Uh, Eric Fisher from our social team did ask people on Instagram if anybody had this and three or four or five people in our community of about 50,000 on Instagram actually did have it and then they didn't have it. So what we don't know is whether this is just kind of an experiment or whether it's actually going to roll out. But um, just start thinking about the possibilities here when you start thinking about eventually stories let's say they come to pages and let's say there's a direct integration between Instagram and Facebook all of a sudden. And let's say that covers the desktop and the mobile on Facebook. You're beginning to understand what's happening here. And we just talked about last week, we had uh, Sue Zimmerman on about how Instagram stories are coming to the desktop as well. So the stories concept is now moving cross platform, cross device, desktop and mobile. So here's my advice. Start playing around with stories. It's not a question of if stories are going to get more exposure. It's a question of when they're going to get more exposure. And again, these are just short 15 or 18 second um, strips of content that can be sewn together to create some pretty exciting stuff. And uh, and by the way, how cool would it be if the swipe up feature worked on Facebook stories, right, Kim? Because currently um, that is available with anyone with 10,000, I think, subscribers or more on Instagram. So now all of a sudden, if we begin seeing the integration and cross integration of these features across Facebook and Instagram, and people can just swipe up to act. I think that's kind of exciting. That would be. All right, Kim, let's go ahead and move on to the next story. This is kind of exciting. Um, this is a Facebook live situation. This is the first time I've ever seen this. So what we're looking at here on the screen, I was on a desktop. I think I was uh, on my laptop in my home office early in the morning and my friend Cliff Ravenscraft decided to go live and this rather large square showed up at the bottom of my laptop and it said Cliff Ravenscraft is live now. It showed the title of his live video and then it actually showed the um, the video that he was talking about live, but it didn't have the audio. So it was literally streaming the live video and it showed up just on the screen for like maybe 10 seconds and then it disappeared. Now, the reason why I find this fascinating is because um, we've seen versions of this in the past where it's a tiny little thing, maybe up in the corner, but this was rather large. And I think that this is going to encourage more people to want to consume live video by showing who it is, by showing what the title is, and by actually showing what where they're at. You didn't have the option to hear the video, but it was kind of like a pop-up ad almost. I thought it was kind of cool. What do you think about it, Kim? I think that it's going to encourage me to watch live video because it's going to catch my eye Absolutely. and remind me. So, um, all right, Kim, uh, let's see over to you on the next one. Okay. So Facebook seems to be testing a floating call to action button. This is, I was over on uh, Jeff C's Manly Pinterest tips page. And I noticed that as I scroll down the page, the sign up call to action button stayed floating above the content at the bottom of the page. So this was, I thought a really, a really neat feature to encourage people to take advantage of your call to action. Yeah, and it's it's kind of exciting because uh, it's kind of hard to see in the graphic right here. But this little sign up button, and um, this was on an iPhone, right? Yes. So this little sign up button essentially appeared there um, as you were scrolling down the page, and then eventually yes. kind of disappeared. But it wasn't an ad or anything, right? 
No, and it stayed cons- consistently throughout. However long I scrolled through the page, it stayed there at the bottom. Do you know what kind of post this was? Was it just a was it a link to a podcast or what the heck was it? Um, this particular post was it looks like it was a, a link post, but regardless of the type of post, it stayed floating at the bottom. The sign up call to action. Now, Jeff obviously had no clue this was happening. He didn't do anything to make this happen. This is just something that occurred. And mm-hmm. I just want to, um, when we talk about these things that are found in the wild, I, I was recently listening to um, a podcast where Mark Zuckerberg was being interviewed by um, the founder of LinkedIn, the co-founder of LinkedIn, um, Reed Hoffman. And Mark Zuckerberg said that um, at Facebook, they give developers leeway to test features to like 50,000 subscribers at a time and then just kind of collect the data and then decide whether or not they want to roll these features out. So a lot of the stuff that we find in the wild, it may never manifest. It may never, ever become a feature. But the reason we like to show it to everybody when we find it is because it just kind of shows you all these interesting and exciting experiments that Facebook is running every single week. And if you guys ever find these kind of things, let us know because we would love to share these. Mm -hmm. All right. um, What's next? Oh, we got another one found in the wild, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was scrolling again on the desktop in the news feed and – the Social Media Marketing Society is uh, is one of our is our professional organization. People spend a certain amount of dollars per month to belong to it, and we have a private Facebook group. I'm very active inside of that group. So as I was scrolling down the page in the newsfeed, I was shocked to see a cluster of um, recent posts inside the group, and above the cluster of the posts, it said "post to my group." Now. This was right in the middle of the newsfeed, okay? So I'm scrolling through the newsfeed and it's saying it's kind of spawning or prompting me to want to post into the group. Now we've got another image inside of this one. And when, when I actually clicked into the image, it transformed from a little box to kind of an update as if I was actually inside the group. And I was able to, if I wanted to, upload an image, create a post, and with one click of a button from the newsfeed, publish something original into the group. I thought that was really cool. What did you think about that? It is. I love that. I love that you can do that right from the newsfeed. And it. I think that it will encourage people to respond more and post more and be more active. So I think that if you have a group, this might, and you start to see an uptick in activities inside the group, this is just going to spawn someone to say, hey, here's some of the dialogue inside the group. And with one simple click, you can post into that group. Because what was the other way I had to do it? I had to like search for the group or I had to find it under my shortcut cuts, go into the group. And this just makes it really, really easy for me to uh, immediately post right into a group that I'm very active in. If anybody's ever seen this before, let me know, because this is not something, you know, I just came across this literally a couple of days ago. All right. um, We've got some more stuff that's crazy found in the wild stuff. So um, why don't you talk about it, Kim? Okay. So these are colored comments. So the next web is reporting that new new colored comments feature Um, is being tested with a small group of people. And it's also limited only to mobile, but it's very bright. You can see here. Yeah. And um, let's explain what we're looking at for those that are listening. We're looking at a, um, we're looking at the ability to, um, 
uh, supposedly select the color backdrop behind your comments in the same way you can when you put a post on Facebook. So you know right. how when you put a post on Facebook, those little boxes pop up that allow you to put patterns and colors behind it. Well, now it looks like you can actually color your comment. Um, <laughs> we're getting yeah. some. We're getting some responses that say cool, and some that say hmm, and some that say not loving this one. Um, I don't know. What do you think about this one, Kim? Okay, I like it. <laughs> I like the bright colors, and I, you know, I, it's going to be a rainbow in your newsfeed with all the comments. But I kind of like it. And this is we'll part. See. This is part of a new user interface design that we talked about recently, especially on mobile. And I believe this is exclusively on mobile. It is um, mobile only. Right now, if you go and you have the latest UI on mobile, the user interface, you'll notice that your there's a speech bubble around your comments and your sub comments. Similar to what the iOS does when you're texting people, it's like a, a subtle little gray circle that's just behind the area of the comments to kind of allow your eye to zoom in. This um, essentially allows you to put color behind it. What's not super clear is whether you have the option to select the color when you're replying and commenting and stuff. But uh, again, this is found in the wild exclusively on mobile. I don't have this yet. <laughs> no. I don't think anybody on our team does, but it's pretty no. pretty cool. All right, let's move to the next item. Uh, Google has rolled out some brand new features to Google's Data Studio. And for those of you that don't know what Google Data Studio is, I'm showing a screenshot here of how we use it at Social Media Examiner. It's a graphical dashboard that allows you to take a lot of data and, and display it in a very easy graphical interface. What we do at Social Media Examiner is we hook Google Data Studio, which is free, uh, to our Google Analytics account. And then we can create cool little dashboards that dynamically update. And all we have to do is load the dashboard and it will show us everything that we care about. Very, very cool. Very, very customized. Now, the, the new features are that Google has started working with a lot more third parties to add what they call connectors. So, um, some of these connectors that that they have in place include Adobe Analytics. Um, go ahead and keep scrolling, Kim. They include uh, Facebook, which I think is the most exciting part of this. So this um, now allows you to integrate Facebook Insights and Facebook Ads data directly into Google Data Studio. Now, before you get super excited, Understand that these are third-party service providers. So Supermetrics is the third-party service provider that allows you to pull in um, Twitter ads, YouTube, Facebook Insights, and Facebook ads into this dashboard. Now, for those of you that are data geeks and um, want to create your own cool little dashboard that has the Google Analytics insights, the Facebook insights, and the Twitter ad stuff. You can now do that. Data Studio is free. This the, These third parties are not. Supermetrics is um, $39 a month for one data source and $99 a month for Facebook ads, Facebook insights, Twitter ads, and YouTube, and a bunch of other data sources. So... Um, you know, for some of you that work at a decent sized company, it might be worth the $100 a month to be able to have all of this data in one location and to make your own dashboard. As a matter of fact, you might be paying a lot more for third-party tools that kind of do some of this stuff. And now all of this data can be integrated and brought into a cool little dashboard. And as you can see, it works with Reddit. It works with Instagram, um, all sorts of 
MailChimp. I mean, there's all LinkedIn ads. There's all sorts of cool uh, integrations that you can do with this. Okay, moving on to the next news item. Facebook is rolling out um, rounded profile photos to pages. Now, um, here's the deal. And everybody who has a Facebook page, you need to pay attention to this because Facebook has said that in the next several weeks in August, and it's already September as of this recording, um, they're going to be rolling this out. So I don't know if that's a typo and they meant to say September, but we just discovered this last week and they are showing your avatar with a circle around it. And they're essentially saying you might want to change your profile picture or slash your avatar because circles are coming. And some people already have it, according to Eric Fisher, our head of social. So um, the, the key piece of feedback I want to give to you is you need to make sure that your avatar is going to look good in a circle. Now, I don't know exactly how this works. Uh, we use Facebook Business Manager and we got an alert. So I would imagine if you log into Facebook Business Manager, you, you'll see how it's going to look with the circle around it. I'm fine with the way Scout, our, our avatar looks with the circle around it. So we probably will not be changing uh, anything at all. Over to you, Kim. Okay. So we have got news from Google. And Google has introduced a new, simple, easy-to-access business dashboard find, found right within Google Search. So as a business owner, while you're in search, you can uh, enhance your listing, you can share photos, you can share posts related to your business, and see how many views you're getting. So what we're looking at right here is this animated gift showing how easy it is to update your information right within search. Yeah, this so. is particularly beneficial for, I think, any kind of local business for sure who wants yes. to kind of manage how, how, how their, you know, how their local business shows up in search. Yes. All right. Uh, Facebook, this is pretty exciting. Uh, Facebook artificial intelligence, uh, AI stuff. This is nuts, you guys. Listen to this. So Facebook AI lab developed an animated bot that is controlled by an artificial intelligent algorithm. And what it does is it looks at 68 different points on the human face and they monitored uh, Skype conversations. And the AI learned how to select the appropriate reaction to what it was seeing, such as a nod of agreement, a blink of surprise, or a laugh, um, kind of an avatar on the screen. And volunteers that have actually um, used this tool while they were talking to it said that it was equally as natural and organic as a human reaction. Now, this is pretty wow. fascinating, right? So they're literally, we're using Skype to monitor the, the subtle little things that we do on our face. Like if we slightly smile versus we crinch our eyebrows or whatever. And then this little bot was responding with an, a reaction to it in the same way that a human being might. Now, the implications of this, according to Mashable, is it might have some sort of implications in the virtual reality and augmented reality world. So imagine like Facebook spaces. Maybe eventually they'll be watching our face and they'll be taking some of those reactions that we do and or that someone else does. And maybe we'll be interacting with a virtual avatar from a business down the road and they will have an expression that matches the appropriate expression. And researchers said that they weren't actually training it to look for happy or sad. Instead, they were just looking at recognizable patterns in users and, um, and, and responding uh, appropriately over time. So pretty fascinating. Oh. All right. We're done with the screen sharing. Um, Facebook 
also is offering hundreds of millions of dollars in rights management uh, to music providers. So here's the deal. Uh, this is from Bloomberg. Um, Facebook is offering major record labels and music producers hundreds of millions of dollars uh, because partly they postulate because they've had a hard time controlling the rights management for music. And Facebook just would rather pay um, these music providers to make them happy than try to enforce it right now because they found that the enforcement is not as easy as they thought. So I don't think this means that we as users in live video and videos have a right to necessarily, you know, use um, copyrighted music in the background. As a matter of fact, we know for a fact that that can be stopped at the live video level, but we do know that Facebook's not been able to tackle this one yet. So they're actually out pouring some money just to make sure that these networks are, I mean, these music providers are placated. Over to you, Kim. Okay, so Facebook has officially opened up the new watch tab to everyone in the U.S. Before, it was just a limited rollout, and now it's available to everyone in the U.S., and the new watch tab is available across Facebook's mobile app, the desktop site, and TV apps. YouTube has a bunch of new live video features. Um, they've, they've got this now ability to uh, interact in real time in a low latency kind of environment. So you can actually engage faster than ever before. They've got this thing called inline moderation, which allows you to moderate in the chat feed by simply pressing and holding a button on your keyboard uh, to pause or chat the feed. And then you can hover over messages and remove them or approve them. You can also hold potentially inappropriate messages for review. And over time, it learns which kinds of messages are inappropriate and holds them for review. So that's pretty exciting. Over to you, Kim. WhatsApp has announced that it plans to build and test a new business app to help small companies and businesses using WhatsApp help them to communicate with their customers. And they're also going to roll out an enterprise solution for bigger companies. And in the beginning, it will not be, there will not be a charge for that, but they said they do plan to monetize it eventually. But the enterprise solution that they'll be charging for is going to be for really big global companies like airlines, e-commerce sites, banks. So, but the the new app will be for small businesses and that will be free. And I imagine it'll be somewhat like Messenger and you do have to contact the business before they can contact you. So you don't have to worry about being spammed by a business. Snapchat has expanded its on-demand geo filters uh, to Europe. So um, Snapchat has this thing called Snapchat Creative Studio, which makes it easy for you to create a geo filter for your event, your location, whatever. Uh, it's now working in the United Kingdom, France, the Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, and Finland. Twitter has brought out night mode to the desktop. So it's officially out now. And if you want to enable night mode on the desktop, just click your profile photo, select night mode, and it's the last option there. And it has a little moon icon. So you can turn that on. And then if you want to turn it off, you just, again, click your profile picture, turn it off. And night mode, for those that don't know what that means, just it kind of uh, makes it so that it's not super bright when you're on Twitter at the desktop at night. Right. And now Twitch has introduced Twitch extensions. It's a suite of tools that will allow streamers to customize their channel pages with interactive features. These are going to be polls, leaderboards, schedules, overlays, virtual pets, all sorts of neat things. And these are now live for streamers and developers in the Twitch dashboard under extension manager. 
or if, through the developer site. If you have a student who is really smart, you're going to want to pay attention to this next announcement. IBM and MIT have, uh, uh, IBM has made a $240 million investment into MIT's Watson Artificial yeah. Intelligence Lab. And IBM is partnering with them. And this is the largest university AI collaboration and investment ever in history. It's a 10-year, $240 million investment. And what they're doing is they're hiring and bringing together over 100 AI-focused scientists, professors, and students. So what this means is that if you have a student who can get into MIT, um, the future really is artificial intelligence. And I just interviewed Brian Solis yesterday, and he echoed this uh, for a future episode of my podcast that this is the future. And um, IBM is making a huge investment to make sure that there is a generation of uh, professionals who understand these kinds of things. And we already talked about how artificial intelligence was being used by Facebook earlier today to do some pretty exciting stuff. So that's really kind of cool. Over to you, Kim. It is. Okay, so Amazon has launched the first ALEXA skill specifically aimed at children under the age of 13 in the U.S. So these new skills will go live with a verified parental consent feature and the parents have to agree to this consent and they can either do it through adding their credit card or we'll send a message on their cell phone and or the the app, the Alexa app on their phone. And basically, once you've given your parental consent, your kids can start using these new skills. And Nickelodeon is debuting a SpongeBob skill. Sesame Street has new Elmo skill. And there's literally hundreds of new skills that are opening up for kids. Awesome. And our last piece of news. So Alibaba has debuted facial recognition payments in China. You literally can go to a kiosk or wherever you're going to pay, place your order. And by looking into the camera, it scans your face and you can use that to pay for the service or product or whatever it is you're going to buy. The first place it's being trialed is at KFC. The so. only thing I'd be concerned about is someone took a picture of my face. <laughs> you know, you know that's interesting. I wonder if if there's some way to to prevent that from happening. Yeah, there's... it's pretty fascinating. Well, yeah. folks, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. A uh, couple of closing comments. There's a lot going on. You know, we talked about all the changes that have been happening with LinkedIn. Uh, we've talked about a heck of a lot of things that are going on. Uh, I think the biggest really news item that we did talk about is what's going on with LinkedIn, because I think yeah. even if we're in the B2C world, um, if we're trying to target certain kinds of consumers through that happen to maybe be working in the workplace, then I, I do think this could be an incredible opportunity. Uh, last couple things. This show is available as a podcast and as a live show, and you can learn more by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com and simply clicking on the show's uh, link at the top. Also, Social Media Marketing World is the event that you do not want to miss. So check it out by visiting smmw18.com. With that, I just want to say thank you to all of us for joining us this week. We uh, really appreciate you watching and listening to this podcast. For folks that are over on iTunes, we would love it if you would give us a rating and or a review. For folks that are on the social platforms, we would love a share. With that, I wish you farewell and we will catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com.
Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.